0: Hey guys, I hope you're having a good day. What is a good day? A good day is when it starts and ends, spending time with our wonderful Lord. We continue in Philemon, looking at verses 17, 18, and 19 in our New Testament postcard study. Forgiveness demands restitution. We're digging into the book of Philemon to learn everything we can about forgiveness. A major part of true biblical forgiveness is the concept of restitution. Restitution is a wonderful way of displaying a true heart of forgiveness. The willingness to repay or make amends for the offense shows the seriousness of the request for forgiveness. Paul wanted to make sure that Philemon knew that both he and Onesimus were willing to make right, pay back, and fix everything possible to restore the relationship between Philemon and Onesimus. If then you count me as a partner, receive him as you would me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, put that on my account. I, Paul, am writing with my own hand. I will repay, not to mention to you that you owe me even your own self besides. Hey, somewhat forgiveness without consequences. The proof of a truly repentant heart is seen in its willingness to restore or make good the offense by accepting any and all consequences involved. When money or things are stolen, it's quite simple to restore those things, even with interest. When a good name or reputation is slandered, it is not as simple to restore. Those who gossip and spread rumors cannot fix things by simply saying, oh, sorry, I take it back. My former pastor, who's now enjoying living in the presence of the Lord, used to say that rumors and lies travel all the way around the world while truth is still lacing up its boots. One old-time preacher illustrated the impossibility of taking back a slanderous rumor by asking the slanderer to shake a feather pillow out into the wind and then try to retrieve each and every feather. We can choose our sin, but as we all know, we cannot choose the consequences of our sin. Paul appealed to Philemon's friendship. If you consider me as one of your close friends, please treat Onesimus as you would treat me. Paul used the word partner to describe his relationship with Philemon. Although I struggled with uh, English when I was in school, I'm a huge fan of a thesaurus. I love to make a long list of synonyms for words I'm meditating on in kind of an attempt to get a full understanding of every nuance of the word. For instance, the word partner is subtly described by words such as companion, associate, colleague, coworker, team player, comrade, or an intimate close friend. Solomon wrote about a friend who sticks closer than a brother. The concept hidden in the word sticks closer indicates a clinging to or a holding tightly on to. Found three times in Scripture, it refers to the cherubs in the Holy of Holies whose wings were touching or joined together. It's used to depict the faithfulness to the Lord in Deuteronomy 4 and reveals a steadfast companionship with an intimate friend like we see in Proverbs 18. Paul had a true partner in Philemon and never had to doubt his loyalty, his friendship, or his faithfulness. Philemon, we have a lot in common. We have similar goals, and if you are willing to treat Onesimus like you do me, God will be glorified and the believers who meet in your house will be encouraged. As much as you respect me, I am asking that you do the same for the new and improved Onesimus. The key word in Philemon 17 is the word receive. This simple simple word is packed full of ramifications. To receive means to accept, to treat kindly, to take into one's life, or to invite into one's circle of friends and acquaintances. Have you ever been excluded from a circle of friends at school or church or work? Have you ever seen a group of self-absorbed teen girls refuse to accept or receive a new girl into the group? Godly friends are always willing and ready to receive others. Paul did not give any room for excuses. If Onesimus stole money from his master, restitution would be made even if Paul had to pay it back to Philemon himself. As a wealthy slave owner, money was probably not the issue. The day that Zacchaeus, the tax collector, met and trusted Jesus Christ, He said he would give half of everything that he owned to the poor. And if he had stolen money by false accusations to anyone, he would restore it fourfold. When the prophet Nathan told King David the story of the rich man stealing the poor family's pet lamb, David responded, he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. Now Solomon dealt with restitution in Proverbs 6 by saying, men... Do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy his soul when he is hungry, but if he be found, he shall restore sevenfold. The Old Testament law of restitution is found in Exodus 22, where it says if a man steal an ox or a sheep or kill it and sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox, four sheep for a sheep, whether it's fourfold, fivefold, sevenfold, or a hundredfold. Restitution is an essential part of forgiveness. And it shows the seriousness of the repentance in the thief's heart. So, have you ever done anything, said anything, or even stolen anything, and to this day have never asked for forgiveness or made restitution? What do you need to do? What did Luke say? What did David say? What did Solomon say? What does God say? When we refuse to forgive, we must remind ourselves of how much we have been forgiven by God. When we refuse to accept someone, we must remember that we certainly did not deserve to be accepted by God. We are debtors to God. Take a minute, close your eyes, and thank God for the forgiveness and the acceptance he has given to you. The forgiveness that Christ offers pays the penalty of our sin and restores us with God. Free forgiveness, perfect restoration. What can be better? Hair time's up for today. I hope you've enjoyed our meditation. But today is the day the Lord made. Let's rejoice, let's be glad in it, and I hope that you have a good day.